All right, welcome back to the T-Shirt Talk podcast. As always, you have me, Ryan Connolly, and my my good friend, Jay Littlefield. We are back to do another episode of the TST. And um, we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get to it. What's going on, Jay? How are you? Oh, man, just another day. I'm excited to be here. Uh, good weekend of sports. You know, I won in fantasy. I know you did, too, so that always makes the weekend feel... Makes me walk a little bit taller. I go from five nine to five nine and a half after a fantasy win. So um, you always start off your day, your week right after you win in fantasy. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sad times we're living in when uh, the outcome of the fantasy football uh, the week is actually like make or breaks your your entire Sunday or like the whole next week. You're all pissed off. The world we're living oh, in. Oh man, there's I. I mean, if you already know you're losing at like 11:15 a.m. on a Sunday, there's nothing worse the rest of your Sunday than knowing you're going to lose fantasy. You're probably yeah. going to lose your bets, and uh, you know you got to wait three more days to make the podcast at that point too. So you're really nothing to, nothing to look forward to. Right? Yeah, I try. I try to diversify as much as I can um, between the morning, <laughs> afternoon, and evening games because if you if you blow your wad in the 10 a.m. games. You got nothing left to live for the rest of the day. So if you can spread out either bets or fantasy players um, to, so at least at like Sunday night comes around or even Monday night, you got something to, to look forward to and watch. Yeah, it's funny because uh, another guy in our league, Billy, uh, me and him go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the games. And every morning games, we're looking like, oh, it looks like, you know, Flutie Magic, which is Brian's team's name. It looks like Flutie Magic's going to lose today. And, uh, I always tell Billy, hey, Billy, not so fast, man. Ryan Ryan always has those afternoon guys that come up huge, and you never trust me, but then you always end up coming, you always end up winning on these late games. Yeah, I think it's because I've always been a West Coast guy, so I have, uh, you know, I always have a couple Chargers in there, being from San Diego. Uh, I have, uh, you know. Like you always like, have Keenan Allen. <laughs> yeah, I always have Keenan Allen. This year I have a couple Cardinals, so the Cardinals have been playing – uh, 1 p.m. They played obviously the, the other uh, Sunday night, which was one of the uh, best games of the weekend. What one of the best, most exciting games of the year so far? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we can <clears throat> we can jump right into that if you want for our weekend recap. I mean, that's a way to yeah. keep it off, right? Oh man, with a bang! I mean, what a game! Like you said, I mean, beautiful. Both quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I know it was your it was your lock of the week uh, being the Seahawks, so it didn't it didn't come out on on uh, on your end. But man, what a game to watch! Like that freak of nature, DK Metcalf running twenty three miles an hour and chasing down uh, Buda Baker. Uh, Kyler actually outdueled Russ, if you ask me. I mean, Russ played great, but he had those interceptions where Kyler didn't make those big mistakes. Um, Kyler was like scrambling to get that. I mean, that was awesome when they got the ball like 47 seconds ago and they had to get that field goal in regulation. Kyler like looked like a seasoned vet. It's only his second year and the way he got them down to the field goal range. And I love how Fitzgerald like sprints and gets the ball and runs into the offensive line and everything like that. It's just like, that's how football is supposed to be. Like you watch the Jets play and then you watch the Cardinals play that game and they look like they're playing two different sports. Like, man, that game was, that's what you want out of an NFL game. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. I mean, you always expect Pete Carroll to coach a you know a good game for the most part. He's always in big games and playoffs. Uh, so it was a, a big test for 
Kyler Murray and uh, Cliff uh, to, you know, step up to the plate and show that they actually can be heard in that division. And that division is uh, is stacked with the 49 <laughs> Uh, yeah, know, what a division, huh? Super Bowl runner-up, and they're they're I think in fourth place out of the out of the four there. Yeah, three teams are uh, have five wins. I think um, the Seahawks are five and one. The other two teams are five and two, and then the 49ers are four and three. So I mean, it's basically the antithesis of the NFC East, where two and five, and you're a half a game out of first. Five and two, and you're in second place in the NFC West. So. Two different, two different sports, basically, in those divisions. That's a really great point. It's kind of like a complete reverse. And speaking of reverses, you got the Pats over there. Um, Ooh, down there, two and four, and the Bills are in first place. You know, So that's kind of a little precursor to what's coming up this week. But uh, yeah. the Patriots looked like, oh, you know, no Tom Brady, no problem. But uh, the last few weeks hasn't been in such... I mean, it's been ugly. I'm talking about, like, he'll never say it out loud, but you know, I know, a lot of people know that Brady's getting a little bit extra motivation. He's getting a little bit more fire in his loins by seeing the Patriots struggle. Because there's always been that argument, and a lot of people leaned towards, you know, who really made that run work. Is it Belichick or is it Brady? Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? And while I think everyone admits that both pieces are important, I, I would say the majority of the people would say that Belichick is the more important piece than Brady. Obviously, you have the Brady like homers and stuff like that, but I think a big portion of people would say that, that Belichick is the most important piece. But Brady says, not so fast, my friends. This guy's got the Tampa Bay Bucks looking like they might be a Super Bowl contender. And even though the Patriots got Cam Newton, they can't win a football game. They look like the Jets out there. I mean, they, look, they don't have a great roster. It's not very good. They don't have many weapons on offense. Half of their defense opted out because of COVID. So, I mean, it's not a, it, this isn't a stain on Belichick's legacy by any means, but it's pretty noticeable that Tom Brady, even last year, when they lost in the playoffs, they still won 11 games, I believe. That roster wasn't very good, so I don't know. Yeah, is a few. I mean, it's like almost like Tom Brady was abandoning ship right at the right time because he knew that the cupboards are pretty much bare. They got no skilled positions on offense, and he saw a good opportunity to go to the Buccaneers um, and kind of just jumped over, jumped ship. If you're talking about pirate ships, you know, right yeah. over to the Buccaneers, and um, it's almost like. He learned so much from Belichick about the history of football and about how to win big games and win Super Bowls. He took some of those secrets over to the NFC, and now he's kind of like uh, letting them out to the rest of their team, and those guys are starting to like really follow him as a leader, and um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they respond and how uh, the team continues to play going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um... What do you think about Antonio Brown? Do you think that's a risk that's, like, worth taking? Because, I mean, they look good without him. They they have Godwin. They have Evans. They have Scotty Miller. They have Gronk. Um, I mean, you can never have too many weapons. Um, but A.B., man, he, he's a risk. I mean, what do you think? What are you thinking? It's almost like they had made the decision to sign him a couple weeks ago uh, when they didn't think the Buccaneers – they didn't think they were that great. 
and then just yeah. the last years looked awesome and now they already were in the process of signing him and then got him signed so i think they had made the decision or had an idea of like oh we're gonna add a b because we need to get add some firepower maybe chris godwin's hurt whatever um so i think they made a decision and then they played really well for two weeks and passed all over the place and now they're like whoa now we're gonna sign this guy for 2.5 right. million or something like that so right and, and i mean if you get the good ab the guy that was the first whatever six seven years of his career where you had no idea that he was this problem and he was out there catching 115 balls and 1500 yards every year i mean if you get even 70 percent of that guy man that paid that uh tampa bay team stacked yeah but i mean that's talking thing about them all being, last year you have three receivers at, at full strength that are pro bowl quality um which Gronk, is, the best tight end ever what could you possibly compare it to what other offense i'm trying to think um what offense had three pretty much in their prime pro bowl receivers and then a guy like gronk and then a couple of pretty decent running backs you know at least i can't even i can't even think of anything i mean the falcons when they had i mean no i mean they didn't even have a third receiver like that they had two really good ones with uh julio and roddy white but um they didn't have the third one um yeah yeah this is crazy i mean i mean to me i think it's worth the risk because i think ab has enough respect for brady that he's not going to do anything stupid because he didn't really do anything stupid in new england uh when he was up there for that short two-week time last year it, yeah. it kind of got kicked off the team because of something he did prior to him getting to new england so he was fine when he was in new england last year i think he's got so much respect for tom like tom had him live in his house like you know so tom and him are, are close so I think he's gonna he's gonna want to prove himself. He wants to stay in the league and, and finish his career on a high note. So I, I don't think there's much there's much downside. If not, you cut him and you pay him a couple million bucks, whatever. Yeah, as long yeah, I mean, as long as it's not I doubt with Tom Brady's leadership, it's not something where it would affect the uh, morale of the of the locker room. I don't think because they have that under control. Good coach, good quarterback. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um. What else happened? Anything else football-wise? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess we can hit on the uh, the Titans and Steelers. That was a – I know you said you kind of checked out at halftime uh, watching that game because the Steelers were up so big early. Uh, I think yeah. it was, what, 20, 24 to 7 or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I feel mean, like I, I missed out on what happened. I didn't even see how it was like they came back real quickly. Uh, Tannehill had, a, like, a really big play to A.J. Brown. That was, like, a 70-yard touchdown. Um, they picked Ben off and got it in, in range. They And they – basically just played like the Titans have all year um, for the whole, basically the whole second half, most of the second half. And then, you know, they got that ball and they, they marched right down into the field goal range. I think they, they might've kicked it on third down or something like that. Or you know what? No, on third down, they, instead of getting a few extra yards, they, they try to take a shot to the end zone to win it. Um, Cause 48, it's not like a gimme. I mean, Goskowski should make that kick, but, it's not a gimme. I would have rather seen them try to get, you know, an extra five or six yards. But, um, uh, you know, my Titans love, like, from the last two podcasts we've done is, is still there. Because, I mean, on the road at uh, at Pittsburgh to have a chance to, to win that game late, that's pretty impressive because the Steelers are a good football team. <clears throat> yeah, definitely an admirable performance, um, especially coming back. If they would have got blown out, it would have been, you know, kind of a – tough week uh, pr- you know practice after that so the fact that they came back made it a game and um you know made it close shows that they have i mean they're that team just seems like they're never out of it 
they always seem to stay within striking distance and then they usually make some sort of push towards the end um you know to either win it or tie it they just they don't die easy so you got to give a lot yeah, of but it's just <clears throat> with the you know the youngsters playing quarterback Mahomes and and uh Lamar Jackson it seems like I don't know. Tannehill will com- compete with and even like veterans like Roethlisberger. It's a lot of, yeah. of good quarterbacks. I think they got they got good coaching. They have good veteran leadership on both sides of the ball. That um, and those those things are kind of underrated in the NFL. Everyone kind of sees the stars and the quarterback play, but I mean, if you have upper level coaching, solid veteran leadership, and just I mean their roster overall, it's not going to blow anyone's socks off. But they yeah. have the, the pieces in the right place. They have a great offensive line. Yeah, it they looks as though they have that division. I mean, Indianapolis is four and two, but um, can't trust Rivers. I think seems like I mean, the other two divi- divisional teams, the Texans and the Jaguars, are one and six. So the yeah. Titans are going to the playoffs almost guaranteed. Um, yeah. So they're just kind of coasting. They just got to get ready for those big games and try to keep uh, Henry fresh. Yeah, I can see them being 12 and 4, 13 and 3, and just kind of getting into the postseason, cruising in that direction. So, um, yeah, yeah so, I mean, anyone who listens to, to our cast knows I'm really high on the Titans this year, and then, you know, that game did nothing to, uh, to change my views. Yeah, they are, they are a solid team. They're going to put up a fight every week. So, we can transition from um, the weekend into stuff towards this next coming weekend. Um, we have. You know, we're going to touch on some fantasy football stuff, I think, with some of the uh, players that might be able to get on, you might be able to get on the waiver wire, but also we're going to try to break down a couple of players that you're either going to want to throw in the trash or maybe stash because you never know um, what could happen in the NFL with injuries. So we'll be coming up with the previews for this coming week right after this break. Welcome back to the T-Shirt Talk podcast. We're going to go into fantasy football right now because we're in the middle of the season and things are starting to heat up just in regular football as well as fantasy football. And um, so we're going to talk about right now players that are either someone you would throw in the trash or someone you would stash. So um, my first one, Mike Evans. All right, let me just let the audience know here. Listen to these two guys when we're talking about trash or stash. We got champions here. I'm a champion. You're a champion. Currently, yep. we're both five and two. We're in second and third place in our division. Uh, so, not to you know pat ourselves on the back here, but you might want to listen to us. We 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 kind of know what we're doing here. Yeah, we're veterans. Um, it's been a decade, uh, you know of of doing this as well as you know three decades plus of of sports playing and watching so we're getting up there all right so what do we got? you got mike evans here huh that's a man that is that's a tough call like mike evans man he's i don't know if most of the the t-shirt talk audience knows i am a huge Jameis winston fan i went to florida state um so i really love Jameis winston um so i've followed the bucks closely the last four or five years with Jameis there and uh I am not a huge Mike Evans fan man like his talent is there he's a great talent he's big 
but his effort is not, man. I, I feel like this guy plays 60 to 70% of the games hard, percent of the snaps hard. The other plays, he kind of loafs. You, you saw it in one of the early games where Brady threw an interception. It's just because Evans wasn't running the right route, or he just kind of gave up on his route because he didn't think the ball was coming his way. Look, the guy is super talented, but if Tom Brady loses trust in you, he's not going to look your way. And as you can see, these last couple weeks, Gronk got eight eight targets last game, eight the one before, seven the one before that. You know, he's looking at Scotty Miller because Scotty Miller's always in the right place when Godwin's out there. Godwin always runs the right routes. So I'm not going to say trash Mike Evans because you're not going to cut Mike Evans mm-hmm. from your team. But I will say he goes to your bench. I don't think if you have other options at wide receiver, I'm, I'm putting them on my bench. You know, I, yeah. I, I, name, I would – I'd start – Godwin over him for sure on the Bucks. Um, if he's still healthy, I don't even know. And now, especially with with, with AB coming back, you might even lose more more targets because, I mean, let's be honest, Antonio Brown is more talented than Mike Evans as a football player, but he's a little older. He hasn't played for a while, so who knows? But um, I guess in the trash or stash, We're I'm going to say huh? stash. I'm going to stash. Yeah. But he's not far from being from trash. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like I, uh, Tom Brady is like a system quarterback, and he, when he gets these system receivers, um, the guys that you were saying are running the right routes are in the spots they're supposed to be. Oh, what do you know? They get the right amount of targets. They get receptions. Where you have a guy like Mike Evans, who's maybe, you know, a, as a kind of fit in the category of diva receiver, where he's not hustling every single play. He's not necessarily – uh, running 100% when the ball is not going to him and he's on the other side of the field. So um, there seems like times where he's like, today I'm going to get going or he catches a touchdown early and then he goes off. So right. for him, it's like, I guess you have to try to get him in the game plan early, but it's almost like one out of three chance that he's going to, you know, have a significant game. Yeah, he's a game flow. Like if they're behind and you need a big play, he can give you that big play. You can throw it 60 yards down the field. He can out-jump you. But if you're, you're leading the game, if you're winning, you're going to throw more safe routes. You're going to throw things over the middle. You're going to throw it to the sidelines. And, and that's not what Evans does. Evans is a big play guy. Yeah. So this you can stash Evans. You know, Godwin is having some injury problem, problems. So if Godwin does go out in the next couple weeks, then you can reinsert Evans back in there. Um... Do you have anyone that you want to throw out there? I have a couple more that I'm kind of like looking at here. Yeah, I mean, one that kind of comes to mind would be uh, Boston Scott from uh, Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Miles Sanders is coming back this week, um, but Boston Scott got a lot of love while while um, Sanders was on the, was hurt. So, yes. what do you do with a guy like Boston Scott? Because Miles Sanders is obviously much more talented than Boston Scott. He um, has a higher ceiling, obviously, but Scott was pretty consistent. So what do you do there? Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it with, with the bye weeks coming up that it's really hard to, like, put your guys that are on bye week on the bench and then still have room to, like, pick up new players. So um, unless you have Boston Scott as a handcuff to Sanders, then I think he's it's almost like a, you, you would trash him right now. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, the only um, reservation I ha- would have with that is Sanders does have a little bit of injury history. So, you know, you risk losing a guy that 
if Sanders does get hurt, he's the number one guy pretty quickly again. Um, but like you said, with these bye weeks, there's you got to drop a, poten- a guy that's a potential starter. You can't really hang on to handcuffs at this time with buys. So I'm uh, I'm with you on that. I am going to trash Boston Scott, but I'm going to be nervous doing it. Yeah, because that's a potential bite you in the ass later on in yeah, the season exactly. type thing. Exactly. But I'm just finding that you just have to, like, make a decision, go with it, and, you know, you deal with the consequences. Not every decision is going to be correct. I think if you're – if you waver on it and you think about it too much, that's when you have – you know, <clears throat> down the road you might have regrets. So, live with no yeah, regrets. You chase it. You know, you chase it. You know, you make one bad move and – you yeah, end up chasing it the next three weeks, trying to I, find a replacement for that guy. I cut somebody now, and I just forget about them. And if they do well, yeah. it's like, well, that's what I did with Scotty Miller, man. It's just he was so hard to, to understand. He had five weeks, three weeks he was like over sixteen. The other two weeks he had one and zero. The two weeks I played him, he had one and zero. I, I couldn't get it right with the guy, so I was just like, you know what? I'm cutting him. I, I can't. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, especially with the depth, even getting. More crowded over there. Um, okay, well, I was I wanted to talk about the Chiefs' backfield a little bit because uh, Le'Veon Bell being added to that has kind of changed up the um, I guess touch distribution. Yeah, is it fifty fifty right now? Well, I think it's gonna start getting there. Um, Le'Veon only got he got six carries, but he averaged six point five yards per carry last time. And I'll tell you what, man. Even on that that snowy field, he looked like Le'Veon Bell. You know how he kind of like slows himself down, waits to see what's open, and then he makes that quick cut and he's gone. He looked yeah. like Pittsburgh Steelers Le'Veon Bell. Um, I know it was a very small sample size, but if I'm a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire owners, I'm I'm getting a little nervous because Edwards-Hilaire isn't getting it done inside the ten. He's just not, and that's one of the reasons they got Le'Veon Bell. Um, he's not good inside the ten. Um, so I think Bell is going to get a lot of those chances. I mean, it was already Williams was already getting some of the goal line chances over yeah. there. Um, yeah, I could I could potentially see Le'Veon. You know, if they say they run twenty five times, I could see a fifteen to ten split uh, for Hilaire, and then Bell getting a little bit more of the passing downs. I think it's going to be close to fifty fifty coming up. Here. Yeah, it's going to make for some decisions when you're deciding if you're going to start either one of them. Uh, which one would, going forward would you prefer to have um, going into the playoff, you know, games and more so towards later in the season for the uh, divisions and stuff? Oh, man. You know, you know despite all that, I, I still think I'd, I'd go with Hilaire. Um, younger legs always seem to kind of prevail at the end. Um, yeah. He's already kind of earned the trust of the coaches, earned the trust of his teammates. Um and he's a good player. He's definitely talented. Um, I think it, it's for me, it's Hilaire, but I'm not saying that with great confidence, you know. Um, but if I had to pick, you know, if you said you get one guy for the rest of the year, I, I'd take Hilaire. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Um, I didn't really watch too much of the the Chiefs game, uh, so I didn't really even see Bell, you know. Or any of it that much, but um, there's something about the explosiveness that that uh, I don't know. We'll see if if Le'Veon Bell can get it back because he's been out of football for you know he's been injured and stuff. So yeah, we'll um, see. 
I also wanted to, to touch on, like, the the Eagles are becoming a kind of an interesting team for me because we already talked about Bart Scott and Miles Sanders, but as far as Carson Wentz, he seems to be kind of putting some stuff together. He's got a lot of weird, you know, um, weapons as far as who's playing running back that day, how many receivers he's got coming into the game. He's been without, you know, Ertz and, and Jeffrey. Uh, what you think... Wentz is somebody that you could uh, stash or even start? Here's my thing with Wentz. I got, I kind of got into it with a guy on Twitter uh, as the game was going on last last week, uh, Thursday night. As he was game. awful. I mean, he was awful for three quarters. Um, I have Travis Fulgham on my team, and Fulgham was open. I mean, I'm talking about there's no one within a three- or four-yard circle, and Wentz is airballing it over his head, or he's spiking it down at his toes. And I'm like, why is this guy – so loved by people like Colin Coward and some of these media people. Um, and I'm like, this dude's trash. Like, you got to, like, get Jalen Hurts in the game. He's awful. And then in the fourth quarter, he looks like prime Tom Brady. He's hitting every shot. He leads them down the field for, like, a comeback win. Perfect uh, pass to uh, Scott for that touchdown. Um, it, it's so tough to read that guy. I mean, he, he doesn't look like the same guy since the knee injury a couple years ago. Um Ertz is out now, I think. Um, Goddard is supposed to be coming back, and he, they like him more than Ertz anyways. I, I mean, if you're starting a guy like Baker, if you're starting a guy like Cam Newton, if you're in that range on your fantasy team, I think you can you can take a, a chance with Wentz. But I think mean, there's 12 quarterbacks better than him that I wouldn't start over him, so I guess I'd go trash on Wentz because I... Unless you're just in a league that some people are stashing two good quarterbacks, you should be able to get someone like even Derek Carr is better than Wentz numbers-wise all year, and he doesn't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Yeah. As the season goes on, there is some kind of, like, streaming quarterback options that you can do. Um, you know, picking teams that are playing really bad pass defenses and throwing in, like, even, like, a Matthew Stafford or somebody that you know is going to put up points. So um, I'm just thinking because I'm, you know, as far as, like, people that may have had Dak Prescott like I did is trying to find, um, you know, a quarterback now. I, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, what do you think? Is he um, somebody, if you were going to say, like, who had more fantasy points through the rest of the season between uh, Bridgewater and Wentz, who are kind of like two guys that have been picked up this week, who do you think has more fantasy value through the rest of the season? I think Teddy does, man. I think uh, once McCaffrey's back, um, that guy's just the ultimate weapon. You throw him a ball five yards down the field, and he takes it 80. Um, yep. The ultimate weapon inside the red zone. I like Robbie Anderson. Uh, DJ Moore's coming back into his own. I don't know what they have at uh, tight end. But um, the only thing that Wentz does have going for him is he gets to play in the NFC East, which there's not many good defenses in that division. Um Yep. But I would like it's, so if we have a tier of Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Stafford, I'd probably go. I think Wentz is on on the bottom of that list. I'd probably go Teddy B first, Stafford second, Carr third, and Wentz fourth. So um, I'm not very high on Wentz. So okay, the name of the game is trash or stash. He is trash. Oh man, yeah, he's. Like you said, it's like the division is pretty crappy, and the he's the best you would think is the best quarterback in that division. It's not saying much, but right. 
Um, I mean, he definitely is, but yeah, but he's. I don't. I guess he's not going to be winning any Super Bowls anytime soon. All right. Well, so you want to get into? You have any more players you want to talk about, or um, do you want to move on to our next segment? The when we do our top five. Yeah, I think we should. We can move on. Um, there will definitely be more next week because you know we'll probably get a few injuries, and we're going to have to to go over some some spots next week again. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but I think we we nailed a lot of them today. Yeah, and we'll be we'll definitely be touching on a couple of uh, fantasy um, aspects when we do our picks for this week. So we'll be coming right back with our top five right after this break. Welcome back to the T-shirt talk podcast. We're gonna go into our next segment where we go into top five. We pick a category and we launch our top five favorites in that category. Today's category is uh, TV shows. So me and Jay are going to lay down our top five TV shows uh, of all time. I am a huge TV guy, so I could spend a whole two hour podcast going over my top five shows and actors and plot lines and stuff like that. So this was a hard list for me to make. I will go over when it's my turn. I'll give you a couple that I just missed my list, a couple shows that if they end strong, they could join my list, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this is right in my wheelhouse. This is where I'm I'm ready to go. You know, if there's something that can match my love of sports, it's TV shows. So um, I'm going to let you go first because I don't want to like drown you out with my excitement. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to your um, how in-depth you go with, with your TV shows because I'm, I'm not necessarily a huge TV guy, but um, I have my like classic shows that I've been watching forever. And so um, I will kind of go kind of lightly, but, you know, we'll let you get more into the characters and stuff. But my number five TV show is going to be uh, Family Guy. It's a cartoon for adults. Um, it's just Seth MacFarlane, the writer of Family Guy, is kind of like just one of the funniest minds that I've I've come across. Uh, he's I was kind of into The Simpsons when I was a smaller child, but you know, once I got a little bit older, I stopped watching The Simpsons. So The Simpsons wasn't really a big show for me. Um, as I got into, you know, teenager and 20s, but as a, in my 20s and family guys just kind of hit the humor on the head for me. And uh, I mean, with Stewie and Brian and Quagmire, the characters are hilarious. There's been spinoff TV shows with Cleveland. Um, great show, funny. I like watching it, you know, sometimes. And I think they're still doing new ones. It's amazing. Yeah. That's my fi- my number five show. So, I, I, man, Seth MacFarlane is a satirical genius. Him and Sasha Baron Cohen are probably the two best satire comedians like in the world right now. Those guys are geniuses. Um, so for my list, I, I'm gonna like you know, a little preface. This is like my personal favorite, like shows that I enjoyed the most when I watched them, that I can watch them multiple times and still laugh or still get that feeling like I watched them the first time. It's not necessarily critically the best shows, although some of them are critically acclaimed as well. Um, so, you know, with that being said, there are a couple that are really high critically acclaimed that are just missing my, my top five, like Sopranos, The Wire, and Game of Thrones. 
Um, all very high critically acclaimed shows, all shows I loved. Like, don't get me wrong, I love these shows, um, but they're, they just missed my top five. Um, just because I, I probably wouldn't rewatch them like I do some of these other shows. Um, so yeah, there's that. So right into number five, um, a show that is in its 10th season right now, and it's just announced that it is uh, going to have one more season and end in the 11th. It's had two spinoffs so far. It's going to have three spinoff movies and another spinoff show. So it's a whole universe. My number five is The Walking Dead. Um, what? I, that's the zombies, last thing I thought you were going to say. Zombies, I mean, I probably didn't start watching it until season six, but I binged season one through season six. I think there's like 18 episodes each season. I probably watched it in two months. Like, that's how much I was into the show. I literally would have dreams at night that I was walking down the street and people were zombies and stuff like that. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. My sister was huge into it. She goes down to uh, the little city right outside of Atlanta where they film it and she takes the tour of the set pieces and stuff like that. Wow, that's nerdy. She she forced me to get into it and uh, I just love it. it. It did have a couple seasons there in seven and eight where it was almost like a chore to watch where I was just watching it because I've watched it for so long and I felt like I had to keep up with it where the writing got bad and, and stuff like that. But it's rebounded. Season nine, season 10 are phenomenal. When you say, again. sorry to so, cut you off, when you say streaming, are you streaming yeah. it on which service? Just so uh, I have um, YouTube TV, so it's on AMC. Okay. Yeah, I have AMC, so I just, uh, I watched that one off of that. Portion of the show is brought to so, you yeah, Walking Dead, number five. Nice. All right. Um, I'm going to go up to number four. This one is could be higher on my list. It just hasn't um, been as good lately, but uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh. That show, uh, It's I think it's is it still the longest running TV show or is it that yeah, money? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, it, I don't know. I think it's Saturday Night Live. So this show is just uh, amazing that uh, Lauren Michaels, the creator of it, has he keeps going with it, and the amount of stars that have come out obviously has had its its uh, ebbs and flows as far as you know popularity and stuff. But um, that's one of those shows that for rewatching is just like now that they have a lot of the uh, episodes available, rewatching you just go and find one of your favorite you know hosts or. Um, you know, some of the early stuff with like Eddie Murphy and, and things like that is just like so many options. Um, and they still are making new shows with new stars, new musical guests. So still on TV. So SNL, I mean, it could be up there higher, but I have it at four. Have you been watching recently? I watched two weeks ago. I didn't watch this past yeah. I love the uh, Pete Davidson character, Chad, where like he's in serious situations. He's like, okay. Like there's like, Jennifer Lopez is like, oh no, we have to act like uh, we don't, you know, we're not messing around. He's like, sure, okay. I just, I love it. Like this last one, he was like in a haunted mansion and Adele was like trying to scare him. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. It's just, it's just I love it, man. Pete Davidson cracks me up, man. That's a good call, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Pete Davidson is classic. He, uh, yeah. he has like, like probably, you know, best star potential for the new crowd. I don't even know what other younger yeah, people that are coming up on that show, but yeah, that guy is, Going into movies and he's talented and, and funny. Colin Jost, uh, Colin Jost is dating Scarlett Johansson, so that's yeah. A, a big what, plus. A lucky, what a lucky guy! All right, number four for me is uh, is a show that's only been on for two seasons right now, but it's uh, it's 
writing and acting is maybe the best other than my number one. Um, it's on HBO. It's Succession. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's um, it, it is phenomenal, man. It's it's a story about like a, a family that owns the largest media company in the world, um, loosely based around like the Murdoch family slash the Trump family and everything like that. Um, it's a drama, but it's also a comedy. It's got right now well logan the main character logan roy um brian cox um okay super troopers he's won uh he's he's won uh an emmy for best lead actor uh his son is uh jeremy strong the actor jeremy strong he plays kendall roy he won this last year for best actor they had three different guys nominated for best supporting actor Uh, macaulay culkin's brother kieran culkin is uh is one of the main sons and he is hilarious in it i mean this show is the best written show you've ever watched it's like can't miss tv uh unfortunately because of covid uh they had to push back production for season three so we're still probably almost a full year away from getting season three but anyone that hasn't seen it yet succession is a must watch that is why the t-shirt talk podcast is one of the best because we're not only talking about stuff from the past we're also talking about the current you know up-to-date stuff because i've never even seen that show not even uh never heard of it to be honest i think there you go. i couldn't tell you one person that was in it so now i know so for everyone listening that's a uh that's a show to go out there and watch now um so you can get caught up for the third season you know watch season one and two and then you'll be ready for season three which i might do I will drop into my third pick with a show that um, I actually, when I lived in Australia, like five years ago, I lived there for an entire year. I didn't have any internet. I had a few shows that were actually downloaded onto my computer and um, it was Workaholics. I had seasons downloaded of Workaholics and me and and my friends that I met over there, uh, even guys that were like from France and stuff, we would just sit around and watch Workaholics non-stop um younger kind of version of the office um guys that are about around 30 years old that you know still live together still party and um you know they do all kinds of stuff one episode they do mushrooms one one episode they do um acid but it's kind of like my generation of guys around my age that did a show um kind of in the lonely island vein with um the snl guys from uh, Andy Samberg and stuff. Three guys, Adam, Blake, and Durs. Um, Adam uh, has actually gone on to do some stuff in movies. And so I just, that show is classic. It'll, it'll forever remind me of my time in Australia. And so it was also just like a, you know, special time, but hilarious show. Yeah, I've actually never seen an episode of Workaholics, but I've heard, I've heard it compared to The Office, like a younger version of The Office. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out, which also leads me very well into my number three pick, which is The Office. Um, I I can watch it every night. Like, I mean, I actually do probably watch it every night. Um, it's just like, it's constant laughs. I mean, I can watch the bloopers on YouTube and laugh just as much as I watched the episode the first time when I watched it. I mean, there's very few people like Michael Scott. Um at the first, I, I the first couple of seasons, he was tough to watch, man, and it was just like, wow, this guy's 
over the edge. But then they made him kind of likable, uh, even despite some of the stuff that he did. And then you got Dwight, who's just maybe one of the funniest characters in the history of TV. Um, the Jim and Pam love relationship. I mean, that show had everything. And they're only about 20 minutes long, so you can just, like, knock, like, five out in a, in a couple hours right before bed. And you can watch each episode four times, and they're still funny. I don't have much else to say about The Office, but it's it's all time. It's my that's number good. one That's good. I feel like The Office is one of those shows that's transitioned to, like, into the new generations and people that are watching it, um, you know, it's not even recorded live now, but people are watching it for the, I've never even seen it really. It's one of those other shows yeah. that I've never watched, but I know kids that are younger than me that are like in their early twenties or even teenagers that they watch The Office. I'm like, yeah, Netflix. This? Netflix gave The Office a second life. That's for sure. It's gotten like almost infinitely more popular because of because of its Netflix run. It's amazing what uh, shows like transcend through time like you know um an honorable mention is friends i didn't put friends on my list but yeah, uh me either in a certain time of my life that was a show that i was watching a lot and so yep. um so i will go into my number two which could have been number one is one of the funner shows to watch um is on hbo show based off of loosely of uh mark Wahlberg's like life you got entourage which had a bunch of kind of like unknown actors for the most part come through and put a show together and it was just like kind of indulge in a bunch of different things uh, money cars fame uh you know drugs women. <laughs> yeah women uh the mu- music industry movie industry all that stuff it was very cool i like the way they made it and it's just easy to watch and the characters are easy to get into and it's kind of almost like watching a movie where you can watch a couple episodes or even a season like all the way through if you you know do the right kind of stuff there but um i love that show and i'll watch that show you know occasionally here and there when it's on good call number two number two for me is entourage boom uh it's just i mean like, like you said man especially for us um you know we were in our own kind of little entourage at the time that entourage was out maybe a little bit afterwards but it's like you felt like you could live especially us here in vegas we were working cool jobs we made good money back then and i mean obviously not when we start money but we did well we had cool jobs we were around hot girls all the time we were treated like kind of kings at the doors when we went to Trist, when we went to yeah, Preview. We were wearing kind of nice clothes and you right. know, we had expensive haircuts. Right. Yeah, we went to Robert Chromians and got our haircuts. You know, it's like I, I had a Lexus back then. It's We were the mini version of Entourage, like the Las yeah. Vegas mini version of Entourage. And it's just like you felt like you could have been those guys. Like the acting was good. They, they were like you said they were kind of no name guys so they weren't these like movie stars that you're like oh it was unrelatable you felt like that could be you and your boys you know and no matter what city you're in i'm sure there was groups in miami and groups in new york and of people who thought that they were the entourage boys and you know that's kind of why i have it so high like not only was it a great show but it was relatable for us at that time our lives yeah too. so yeah great call man entourage they always seem to have like cool like uh, cameos by guys that were kind of hot at the time, and it was uh, 
interesting how they're able to like intertwine yep. all that stuff. Yeah, great camera. They also had they would put like music in there. They would have like music that hadn't been released, like yeah. Kid Cudi and some Kanye songs yeah. that hadn't been released and stuff like that. So yeah, it'd be nice if they're. I don't even know what how you would compare that now or how you would do some sort of vibe like that show. Unfortunately, now. that show could not happen nowadays. I mean, they, those guys, they were all about women, getting women and there was naked chicks all over and stuff like that. And that's just not the, that's not the area, the, sorry, the era that we live in anymore. Like that show, even when the movie came out, it was the start of kind of how it is today. And the critics bashed it because they're like, oh, they're just womanizers and all they care yeah. about is money and women and stuff. And it's like, that was the show. That was the show. Right. So, and even um, like the actor that played Ari who did some sort of, some like inappropriate stuff as Ari, uh, the actor, Jeremy yeah. Pittman, get in trouble for like doing, um, like accused of doing inappropriate Similar stuff. Things. Oh, I don't even know. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, I don't know. It but was then, like, there's no way like a character like Ari would be able to be on TV anymore. Like, there's no network that would take a chance of a guy yeah. like Ari who like just made fun of his gay assistant. Like, it was nothing. Like, there, that couldn't yeah. happen anymore. Unfortunately, so. for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still have a chance to you know write some good shows, and that's why I have my favorite show of all time, Seinfeld. Uh, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld just, you know, um, putting together masterpieces episode after episode that, I mean, I've watched every season. I watched every episode. I, my, it's like my mom's favorite show. It's my favorite show. So me and my mom have this like, you know, banter of like, you know, Seinfeld references. Uh, just, I could watch, you know, a show on there. The characters, George Costanza is one of the funniest characters I've ever seen. Um, so uh, Seinfeld number one, and as for me, I've, I've yeah, it's not too close. I love that show. All right, um, <laughs> we're gonna, this is gonna be funny after after I do my number one. Um, something about that as well. Um, my number one is Breaking Bad, and to me, like you say, not something even close. There is no close to me. There, there's nothing that I don't think ever could get close to Breaking Bad. Um, there's nothing that is close to Breaking Bad. Uh, it's the best. I mean, there it's head and shoulders. Like there's Succession, there's Office, there's The Wire, and then there's Breaking Bad. I mean, it's the best acted show of all time. What Walt, what Brian Cranston did as Walter White to go from a nerdy chemistry teacher to Heisenberg, one of the biggest, meanest drug lords of all time. Um, when the, I've watched the show four times through all the way from season one through season five and okay, then I probably so watched five seasons. Episodes, ten times. five seasons how many episodes in each season uh the first one is only like eight or nine because it happened during the writer's strike and then I think it's like 12 after that there might be 16 in the last season um about 50 episodes longer. total I honestly it, that's another show a, I've never I've, I've never so really gotten into that show either but there are 62 episodes because this is how this is how detailed the show is because six, number 62 on the periodic table is oh shit i forgot what it was but i think it's like iron or something like that and whatever the whatever the i, I should have known this should research this whatever the, the the thing is on the periodic table is the main thing that is used to, to help cure cancer or something like that and that's what walter had so they made oh. 62 episodes because it was number 62 in the periodic table with this and i mean it, it goes from everything like 
there's the title of like the episodes if you put them in order and, and go like this it gives away like hints to what's going to happen and like the i mean there are so many like easter eggs i mean the first time i watched it walter white was the main person you're like holy shit this guy's crazy the next time i watched it aaron paul's character jesse pinkman became my favorite my favorite character tv show of all time with the way that it went it just the second time you watched what it? he was the second time we watched it, it was almost like a completely different show That's because I watched it in like in the eyes of Jesse Pinkman, who who's transitioned from little meth head drug dealer to what he became at the end, was just as phenomenal as, as Brian Cranston's transformation. I mean, and not only is it acted well, it's the best written show, it's the best cinematography of any show you've ever seen. It was shot all on location in Albuquerque and the shots, I mean, I know you're a guy that likes photography and stuff like that. You would be blown away at the shots that they get in the show. I mean, it's it's the best. I mean, it's number one by far uh, of all time. Now, I, I don't know if you wrote this down. I remember I mentioned this to you when we were kind of going over what we were going to do. We were, I said maybe we can do like our overrated show of all time. And I said the one that I would pick would definitely get our listeners and uh, people kind of yeah. ruffled. This is the controversial part well, it, it's, of the show. It's gonna get it's gonna get you ruffled too, because my number one most overrated show of all time, Seinfeld. What? <laughs> I just I I've watched probably seventy percent of the episodes. I think maybe I've like laughed out loud like three times out of thirty episodes, forty episodes that I've seen. I just uh, I mean I get it like I. I've seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I do like that a little bit better than Steinfeld. So I, I get the humor that he's attempting there with Larry David. It's just not my humor, I guess. I don't know. Some people say, oh, you're not sophisticated enough to get the humor or something like that. It's just, I don't know. I just thought, yeah. like, I thought. I don't know. There's something thing. about that people try to say that since it's like a New York-based show that it's like, yeah. you know, like reading the New York or something. It's not, it's not super intellectual. It has some obscure yeah. references. But uh, for me, it's just... The four characters, the the closeness to the characters, um, even with Kramer being such a weirdo, like there's four and each one of the characters is so integral. And so I think the more, it's like what you said, you watched it multiple times. I think the more you watch yeah. it, the more you understand the characters and then they become funnier over time. Like something that George did, you know, previously may not have been funny, but like if you watch it a couple of times, it's like funnier. Because you're like, oh yeah, that's fucking what George does. That's yeah, kinda... I will say that George was my favorite character out of the characters on that show. I didn't, I just, I thought Lorraine is that her name, Lorraine? Really, Louis Oh, uh, Elaine. Elaine, Elaine. Yeah. I, I thought her voice was just like nailed on a chalkboard. I, I didn't really get the whole Kramer thing. Um, <laughs> Seinfeld to me, he just his comedy never really struck a chord with me. So um, Seinfeld just. Him himself never really got me, so I know it's not a popular opinion, but I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. You didn't say friends, neither of us said friends, but like yeah. a lot of people, yeah. you know, our age would probably put friends. I know girls, all most girls will say friends because it's like a show that my older sister, my sister about my age, but she's seen every yeah. episode of Friends. I can't even watch the show with her because she recites every line before it every happens. Line. I do like friends, um, but to kind of just do, to kind of wrap up our TV show here, which I thought that was awesome, man, and that's cool that we had the same uh, number two. Just to bring it kind of full circle back to sports, where we'll, we'll get headed here. Um, there's a new show out. I just finished season one right now. Um, it's called Ted Lasso. It's Jason Sudeikis, 
He's a uh, an American football coach. He coached Wichita State in college to a championship, and he's hired to coach a Premier League soccer team in England. Okay. Uh, he's never never watched soccer. He's never played soccer. He has no idea of the rules of soccer, and he's hired to, to coach a soccer team in the Premier League. And uh, you know how Jason Sudeikis is kind of in every movie he's in. He's kind of like a jerk, or he's kind of like a wise guy, or kind of like a smart. I was gonna say, like yeah, he's like, yeah, he's definitely like an arrogant, like. Uh... He, he's the complete opposite in this show. He's just he's so likable. Like you probably never rooted for a TV character to do well than you will for this Ted Lasso guy. I mean, it's got everything. Like you'll laugh. You'll tear up in some of these episodes. It's it's one of the best shows, new shows that I've watched in a long time. It's a and it's definitely sports. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Sudeikis. There's there was a period of, of SNL when um, the show wasn't very funny, but every time he got on screen, he was just hilarious. Uh, yep. You know, people that were not that funny. Um, yep. That's why he's doing movies now. But uh, yeah, this thing, this thing's it's ten episodes and they're not that long episodes and. Every one of them is fantastic. It, it's do they do fantastic. like the SNL uh, brotherhood, sisterhood, like cameos, or is it kind of like, is it produced by Lauren Michaels? No, I don't think so. There, there's not, there's one guy that's his assistant coach in this show that was in like Horrible Bosses and he was in uh, Weird the Millers with Sudeikis, but there's no other SNL guys. There's okay. nobody else you'll even know. Like, there's nobody else in that show besides Sudeikis that you'll even recognize. It's just, but man, what a breath of fresh air, man. It's it's very positive. Like the, the messages are positive and he is just like such a positive person. It's just like, oh man, it's it's really good. It's, it's a breath of fresh air. I'll, I'll, that's what I'll hey, say. That's good. That that's good to hear. All right, we need to wrap up this segment because we're, we're yeah. doing uh, a long ass podcast here. We still got to get yeah. into our picks for next week. Um, and we're going to be getting right into the NFL matchups right after this break welcome back to t-shirt talk we are going into our nfl picks for week eight thursday night is going to be a division matchup between the panthers and the falcons it's panthers favored by two and a half points in carolina against the atlanta falcons yeah, so I'm going to go, I know we'll kind of speed up our picks this week. I'm going to go with uh, Carolina, uh, minus two and a half. I think they, uh, I think Teddy's just better. I think he's going to torch this defense. I can see them winning by double digits, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. There is, uh, there's a little news that, like sprinkle of news that McCaffrey's starting to work his way back to the starting lineup. The Falcons, on a Thursday night, it's just been a weird season for the Falcons, and this is, Thursday night games are weird. A lot of times, so I'm actually going to pick the Falcons. Uh, they're going to have one more, um, you know, push to win some games. I pick the Falcons. All right, we are off on our first game. The game number two will be the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are actually three and a half point favorites here, and. Uh, we got the Bills in first place at five and two. Patriots, two and four. I'm going to. Um, I've actually been thinking about this one a lot, and I will. I'm going to go with the Patriots with this one. Um, I feel like Belichick's really going to put time into this game plan, and 
he is going to um, be the difference in this game. And I think that the Patriots are going to win it money line straight up. Okay. Um, yeah, I do not agree there. I just I don't think they have the roster. I think the Bills just have a superior quarterback. I think the Bills have a superior defense. I think the Bills have superior wide receivers. I just think they're a much better football team. Um, so I'm going to be happy to take the three and a half at home with the Bills in a game that, again, I think they might win by double digits. Right. That is going to be um, a difference maker. The Bills will, if they win, will go to six and two, and the Patriots will go to two and five, which sounds Yeah, a big league out of it. Uh, right. We'll go to the next game where it looks like the Titans, your kind of uh, team that you're backing this year, is going to go into Cincinnati uh, to go up against the Bengals. And the Titans are favored by five and a half points. What do you think is going to happen in this one? I am, uh, you know, after a big game like they had against Pittsburgh last week, battle of unbeatens, they gave it all they got. They missed by a field goal at the end. I think this is a letdown spot. If I'm not mistaken, I think they have a pretty tough game next week, and I'd have to look it up, but I thought I saw somewhere where their game next weekend is a big one too. Um, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the kid, Joe Burrow. I'm gonna take him at home, getting the five and a half points. I do think Tennessee probably wins the game, but uh, if you've noticed, other than the, the, the Ravens game, Joe Burrow has had his team with a chance to win in the last two minutes of every other game. So they're close. They're right there. Um, they're just not winning these games right now. That's kind of a, the process of NFL team has to go through. I think I'm I'm on the same page with you on that one because it looks like Joe Burrow is in contention of winning each game. He's a guy yeah. that is a winner, and he's a quarterback that it's almost like um, a type of like Herbert from the Chargers. They're going to put you in contention to win the game because they got a big arm, and they're not afraid of – anything it looks like really yeah so, don't fear from those guys i like yeah. i like the Bengals. the Bengals getting five and a half like the titans could win you know but the Bengals getting five and a half with burrow i'll take that one too next game will be the las vegas raiders going into cleveland to play the browns the browns are two and a half point favorites browns are five and two uh and the raiders are three and three this is actually a tough game um very tough. The Browns, I was gonna... the Browns look better almost without Odell in the times that he played without Odell. Like Baker isn't forcing the ball to go to Odell to kind of make him happy. Um, but the Raiders, the Raiders look good when they have their full complement of players. I just think teams are stacking the box against Josh Jacob now, and they're daring Derek Carr to go over the top and beat him. And I'm not sure Derek Carr can do that. Um, and Cleveland has an underrated defense. I'm going to take the Browns. Uh, minus two and a half at home. Yeah, I kind of feel you on that one. Um, Derek Carr has that vibe of like, um, seems like he does talk a big game, but hasn't really ever won a big matchup. He looks a lot cooler than he actually plays. Um, the Browns being um, that it's a home game for them. I would say gives them the advantage. Uh, Mayfield will try to kind of um, build off of the last week's performance. They'll be getting Chubb back soon, hopefully, and they, you know, yeah, getting more into the running game and less, you know, passes or whatever. So I'll actually will go with you home. Browns team, I'll pick the Browns as well. 
All right. What are we agreed on? And then we're going next game. We'll be going down to Detroit, um, where the Colts are coming into town. Philip Rivers is coming down there, coming over there to uh, play the Lions, who are three and three. And the Colts are currently four and two, second place in their division. Um, this one's also kind of a, a close one. This is kind of like a um, the winner proves something that they might be going for a playoff uh, push, and then the loser, you know, may you know be packing it in. I don't know. It's it's a tough matchup. There's kind of like you know middle of the road teams. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Detroit has a little bit of momentum with that win um, last week against Atlanta. Uh, I like Stafford. The, the Colts defense is really good. I'll give them that. I, I still don't trust Rivers. Um, I think they're coming off of a bye, so they're definitely more rested. This is a tough game. I'm just going to – what do we get? We're getting three points at home for the Lions, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Lions. I'm not very confident about it. I'm going to take the home underdog getting three points, though. So. Yeah, I, I feel you on that one. I kind of came to the conclusion of Rivers over, or no, of Stafford over Rivers. I feel like Stafford is um, kind of at that age where he still has many, you know, five or six years left of playing good football. Rivers is just kind of the twilight of his career here, um, trying to, to, you know, put something together. But I think the Lions getting three points at home is what I'm going to go with as well. Mm-hmm. I will Next say, game. as of right now, we are – I'm 1-1 one one with our lock of the week. So you are 0-2, although you should have probably been 1-1 one one as well. But yeah, that's how, the, that's how the ball bounces sometimes. I did research this time uh, the last couple of weeks. You know, maybe not so much. So that doesn't really mean anything. I still am worried about being 0-3 with my locks. Um, <laughs> but – Speaking of locks, I did lock the Packers a couple weeks ago, um, and they let me down. But the Vikings are going into Green Bay. Vikings coming off of a bye at 1-5, which I keep forgetting. And uh, the Packers are 5-1. This one, Packers are 6.5-point favorites at home. Yeah, I I bet against the Packers last week. I took the Texans and – that did not go well, um, betting a one-win team against the Packers. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do the same thing again this week. I'm going to take a one-win team playing against the Packers, getting uh, just about a touchdown. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook coming back is major for the Vikings. Um, he kind of controls the game. If he can get going, then Cousins can get uh, comfortable uh, throwing some easier passes. They always seem to play tough, these teams. So that's why... Uh, I'm taking this. I can see 27-24 Packers. Um, but if that's the case, I am taking Minnesota plus six and a half. I want to pick the yeah. Vikings too because um, they did come off of a bye week, so they're rested. Uh, they're in that range, that one in five range, where you got one or two weeks left to, you know, think of having some sort of yeah. miracle six-game winning streak or seven-game winning streak, which, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins, I don't know how much of a leader he is, but it's like the quarterback, if they can get up for these games, kind of like where uh, Rodgers told everyone to relax that one year. And, you know, so it's like they, they can build momentum. 
maybe get to two and five, three and five, their hope comes back. But once you start losing six games, seven games, uh, the thought of coming back is 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 gone. So the, the Vikings are in that area where they can still get up for a game and possibly make a run. Uh, so I'll go with the Vikings getting the six and a half also. All right. All right, next one is the Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Jets. Uh, oh, oh, boy. It's, I mean, it's the basically the the best team in the NFL uh, against the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Am I reading that right, that the line is 19 and a half? 19 and a half. There's something about them being the first, like, because I think it started off at 21 and a half. It was, yeah, it opened 21. Uh, it was the first team in, like, 20 years to have back-to-back 20-point uh, uh, point spreads. And did they did they cover last week? Um, they did. They oh, did. They, the Jets, the, yeah, they only lost they by eight. Beat the Bills last week. Which yeah. was weird. I thought they had the lead in early. It was a, some sort of field goal competition with the Bills. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's a lot of points, man. But Chiefs, nineteen and a half. It's in Kansas. I'm I'm, just, I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't care. I'm laying all those points. I'm laying almost twenty points. I don't think I've ever thought I'd do that. But yeah. that's a team that could easily win by thirty. They could. That's wild. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go on the opposite end of that one, um, and I'm going. I mean, I just think that the Chiefs would get up by a certain amount where maybe they stop trying to score and right um, take Mahomes out of the game or something. Maybe some sort of like last minute touchdown that that busts the, the spread or that could be a yeah, second. that could be a backdoor game, something like that for sure. I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Jets on that uh, basis. All right. All right, we got LA versus Miami coming up next year. Oh uh, man, not NBA, but this is the NFL version. Oh, Dolphins man. three and three at home against the Rams, um, who are favored by four points. They're five and two, and um, so matchup of possible playoff teams in opposite conferences. Yeah, the the Rams are tough to, to judge. I mean, they'll like lay an egg. Agree. When they come out and play a game, and then the next week they'll look really good. Um, Dolphins are kind of getting their first look at Tua. They're coming off a bye. They have some momentum. Um, they win this. They're right in a in a chance for the playoffs. It's just uh, I am going to go with my heart on this one. I'm going to take the Dolphins plus three and a half. I don't know how smart that is, but. They obviously see something in Tua that they think he's better than Fitzpatrick, so I'm going to trust the, the brass, and uh, I'm going to go with Miami, getting three and a half at home. All right. I figured you were going to do that. <clears throat> um, so I'll, I'll go with the L.A. team. You got Ramsey playing corner at a Pro Bowl level and Donald playing um, defensive tackle. Uh, that worries me a little bit, that Donald guy. Oh, Level. So I think Donald's going to get his hands on Tua a couple times, and I think if if Tua decides to throw Ramsey's direction, Ramsey may get interception on the little rookie there. So I think the Rams could win by a touchdown, cover that, and I'll go LA. And coming off the the high from the Dodgers winning the World Series. Yeah, yeah. We are on the opposite ends on that one. This next game is probably. Ah, it's maybe the best game of the week. Steelers going oh, no. to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Classic matchup. These guys have a lot of history together, obviously, over the past, I mean, long time, it seems like. 
Yeah, Ravens favored by three and a half, five and one. Steelers are still undefeated. They're going into Baltimore. Man, what what do you make of this one? I'm gonna go with the Ravens just because they're coming off a of bye. John Harbaugh is like really good coming off of buys. Uh, the Steelers coming off a tough win against another undefeated team. Um, it's tough to play two big games like that in a row. I think Lamar really needed that off week. He hasn't looked like himself. I think he was a little bit banged up injury wise. And I think he's ready to prove. I mean, people are kind of doubting him this year. You know, all the talk is about Mahomes, all the talk about Burrow and other people. I think Lamar is ready to put on a show and, and show that he's still the reigning MVP. Ravens minus three and a half. You know, I I would love that just for, you know, entertainment purposes for Lamar to go off and have kind of one of those signature games where he just racks up over 100 yards rushing, Maybe you get over 150 yards rushing. I don't think we've seen that giant. We have not. Game from him this year. It would be nice to see it against the Steelers, but I think it's going to be yeah. tough to happen against them. The Steelers, I like them getting three and a half. They, they yeah. could possibly, you know, lose, but still beat the spread. So Yeah. They're a very good team, and this is definitely by no means something I would pick as a lock, but um, – it's going to be an awesome game, that's for sure. Yep. All right, next game will go down to Denver, where the Los Angeles Chargers are coming in. Uh, both two and four teams, a couple of young quarterbacks. I think uh, the Chargers are actually favored in that one. Got the Chargers yeah. minus three. Yeah, that game opened as a pick em too, so uh, a lot of money must have came, came in on the Chargers. To, to push that line from pick them all the way to three. Uh, yeah. Man, I took Denver at home last week against the Chiefs, and they were awful. The Chargers look good. But defensively, they didn't look very good. I am going to do it to myself again, though, and I'm going to take Denver at home, plus the three. Rookies on the road in conference games against a, a pretty decent defense in Denver. I, I think we could actually see Herbert struggle for kind of the first time this year. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping on. I'm going. I'm going to go Denver plus the three at home. Yeah, I kind of feel you on that one. I feel like um, there may be the weather may not be great, and yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I know uh, Herbert played in Oregon. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's experienced. I don't know if it's supposed to snow or it's supposed to be cold again. But I actually wish that the Chargers would win, but I think the Broncos at home. All right. Uh, better option. All right. We got a couple left here. Three left. Next one will be an NFC battle. New Orleans going into Chicago to play the Bears. The Bears are five and two. The Saints are five. I, uh, I have it as the Saints are favored by four and a half on mine. Saints going into Chicago to play the five and two Bears. Uh, the Saints are favored by four and a half points. They are four and two. Bears coming off with kind of a sorry performance against the Rams. Their offense, um, yeah, terrible. And really bad performance. Was supposed to be great, and they let Jared Goff and kind of like control them, and you know, and win pretty yeah. easy. I don't really know what to think of the Bears. I don't trust them. Uh, that's why I'm gonna go with Drew Brees and the Saints on this one. Yeah, um, I'm kind of a guy who likes to punish himself, so I'm gonna take the team that looked like they couldn't beat. A college team last week in the Bears. I just, 
I think the Bears defense is good enough to know that Drew Brees is another one of those guys who doesn't throw it more than 10 yards down the field. They have the corners to kind of to stop that. And uh, they're going to make the Saints beat them in a different way. And I'm not sure Brees can do that on the road in what could be a very cold game in Chicago. I'm going to take the Bears at home, getting the four and a half. Even if uh, Michael Thomas suits up for this one? Don't trust Brees at all. I think Brees, and even in the last couple of years, when he plays outdoors in the cold and as his kind of season gets going, uh, he becomes worse. And I don't think playing outside in Chicago in uh, in November, even though it's November 1st, is, uh, is ideal yeah. for Drew Brees. You think Nick Foles can produce enough points to... Yeah, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be like, I think the Bears are going to win like 21-16 or 21-17, something like that. Wow. All right. That's... 21-20. Very, very possible. I think the Bears are going to win. We're moving on over to the NFC West, where the 49ers are going to Ooh. Seattle okay. to play the 5-1 and one Seahawks. 49ers at 4-3. and three. Seahawks are favored by three at home. Yeah, it's a good game, man. This is a... It's been a nice, nice rivalry as well for the last few years. Um, 49ers are doing a heck of a job with all these injuries to even still be hanging around there at four and three. I don't, I don't trust Jimmy G on the road to go to beat Seattle. Um, Seattle, if they would have beat Arizona last week, I think this could have been a tough spot for them. But since they lost, I think they, they want to come out and make sure they, they put their foot down and kind of get control of this division. I think Seattle's going to win. I think they're going to win going away. I think they're going to win by 14 points, maybe like this. This could be my lock. This could be my lock of the week. I'm not 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 saying it for sure, but I am very strong on Seattle here. Wow. Yeah, I I see where you're going with that one. Just yeah, more complete team, more more of a healthy team, and they are going to be at home. And uh, I think once the 49ers get Mostert back. Mostert's out for a while, no? Like Tevin Coleman's coming back next week. Tevin Coleman is coming out. I feel I feel like Mostert is the one game changer. Yeah. Where the other three they guys the other three guys I mean I guess maybe just it's just they work well as a committee when when they yeah. can like keep people off balance. It's maybe a, it's kind of like Shanahan has this way of um not letting you know who's gonna get the ball and every right. week it seems almost like a Belichick thing where each week somebody different was getting that 100 yards and that touchdown or getting the bulk of the carry. So I don't really see, believe the Seahawks are Garoppolo as being able to keep up with the firepower that Russell Wilson has been doing lately. So I would agree with you. Yeah, me too. All right, so Sunday night, Ugh. it's gonna be an NFC least battle. The Cowboys are going into Philly to play the Eagles. I noticed something weird about this line. There's two different books. DraftKings and the Westgate have the Eagles seven and a half point favorites, but BetMGM and the the VI Vegas Insider Consensus has it at three and a half point favorites. So that's a pretty big difference here. What do you have it at? I had the seven and a half. Okay. Let me see what ESPN has it listed as. Yeah, it might. Maybe yeah. okay. it started out. I yeah, it started know. out at three. Um, probably because of the QB situation. Either way, this game sucks. Who cares about this game? I'm just going to say the Eagles minus seven and a half. I'm at the point now where I, f I feel like the, if the Cowboys aren't losing by two or three touchdowns each week. Um, failure. Unless they try to get their stuff together, but I don't even know. It doesn't look like they're trying to play winning football. Yeah, so. no. 
Yeah, Zeke looks like he doesn't looks like he doesn't even want to be there. Yeah, so that's the Sunday night game. It'd be nice to flex the 49ers and Seahawks into that slot. Is it too early for flexes or Yeah, I think they're gonna stick with that just because of the rivalry, unfortunately. All right, well I mean the Monday night game's not great. No, it's not. We got uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the New York uh, to go against the Giants. As uh, this, I have ten and a, ten and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah, that's what I got too. Um, man, the Giants are shit. Uh, Tampa Bay has looked unstoppable basically the last two weeks. So it's the NFL. It's Monday night. It's Brady versus the Giants. I'm gonna take the New York Giants ten and a half points. I don't go against all. That's incredible oh, logic yeah that's the best way to go i just feel i don't know i just feel like daniel jones running like 80 yards and then tripping you know <laughs> or getting that touchdown is kind of just their season in a nutshell and uh i feel like this game is going to be just a bunch bunch more that. yeah a couple touchdowns not more all right well we got some different differentials here um I'm deciding between two games for my lock of the week here. I'm deciding between the Panthers minus two and a half or the Seahawks minus three. I think Debo Samuel's out. Uh, Jeff Wilson's out. Seahawks lost last game, so they're ready to come back, like I was saying earlier. I think Seattle's going to win by uh, at least two scores. So I'm going to lock in my lock of the week, Seattle at home minus three. Wow. I like putting you know your money on Russell Wilson. I did it last week. It was close. But yeah, that's that's a good call on that one. I want to lock in the Patriots over the Bills. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I just I just feel like Belichick has something up his sleeve. He has to. He's been kicking the Bills ass for two sure decades. Man. And he's probably just been in his office nonstop. I just I feel like Belichick is gonna put a throw a knockout blow out here. He's gonna swing for the fences. And yeah, that guy he, he does not lose to the Bills very often. So I'm gonna lock in that Patriots over the Bills. Lock them in. Nice money line. I mean that's all the picks for the games. As we know, Jay is always on point and up to date with you know all of the sports that are going on, not just the main ones of football and basketball. I know there's some big UFC stuff coming up, maybe some boxing matches or something. Actually, a couple good boxing matches coming up this weekend. The first one is over in the UK. It's uh, it's Usyk versus Derek Chisora. Um, it's a heavyweight matchup. Um, Usyk is one of the best cruiserweights in a long time, which I know not many people watch the cruiserweights, but he's moved up to heavyweight. This is his second fight of heavyweight. Uh, Chisora's a good fighter for heavyweight. So this is a nice step-up fight. And then the big one state stateside is Gervonta Tank Davis versus uh, Leo Santa Cruz. Tank Davis is uh, like a Mayweather protege. Mayweather's pushing him as the next big star in boxing. Um, he doesn't fight anything like Mayweather. This guy tries to knock people out. So that's good for uh, that's good for the sport. Um, nice. I think it's a little bit of a mismatch. I think Santa Cruz is a little too small for him. So I think Tank's going to look really good. We can just kind of do a quick yeah. quick little uh, upcoming what we're looking for upcoming weekend but yeah so it's good to have a couple couple good boxing matches coming up this weekend one more thing i'm looking forward to this weekend mandalorian season two it's the star wars the star wars show is going to be on disney plus it premieres on friday season two comes out on friday so that's oh, wow. uh, that's another thing i got looking all forward. right as far as watching them on tv where can we find those so the Usyk fight it will be on dazon d-a-z-n the app okay. and then the uh the gervonta davis santa cruz fight is on pay-per-view 
there's UFC in the future? No, well, the, the big one was UFC land. Khabib fought um, Justin Gaethje. Uh, Khabib moved to 29-0. and 0. He, he submitted Gaethje in the second round. Boxing matches. I think you're going to have to illegally stream them, um, unless you have oh, DAZN, uh, which is DA3 streaming on this cast. Uh, with a nice little triangle choke. But the big news oh, okay. after that was that uh, Khabib retired afterwards. He broke down crying in the middle of the ring, uh, was in big-time tears afterwards, and uh, his father passed away from COVID about uh, like a month ago, maybe okay. a month and a half right, ago. So did retire, uh, huh? Yeah, he retired, and, and it's not one of those things where like a guy retires and you know he's gonna come back. Uh, this guy seems like pretty legit. He told, he said that he promised his mom that this would be his last fight. He didn't want to keep fighting without his dad in his corner. Um, so I, I think he's, I think he's done. Twenty nine and zero, retired is the best pound for pound number one. So kind of sad to see the guy, a guy that dominant in his prime, just retire. But you know, there's bigger things than fighting. Yeah, especially if, if it's a, a dangerous sport like that, you've gotten yeah. to that point where you haven't had major injuries or, you know, you don't want to be, um, you know, put any future in doubt as far as, you know, future damage that could happen to your brain or, you know, just from getting right. punched. Yeah. It's a dangerous, yeah. dangerous sport. Well, good for him. Congratulations for him to, for, you know, getting through his career without being beaten and then retiring uh, that sounds amazing good for him yeah that's pretty good not many people get that get can do that do uh you think conor mcgregor will uh ever fight again yeah I, uh, I i think he's agreed to a fight in january against uh, dustin poirier um uh, so he's making his ufc return in january and then he says that he has a fight lined up for april or may in a boxing match against manny pacquiao so um <laughs> I don't know how, how truthful that is, but either way, he's probably going to be making a shitload of money in the next six, eight months. How far away are we from seeing Mike Tyson and... Oh, Roy Jones. Yeah, that's coming up, uh, I think it's the second week of November. Um, so we're not very far. We're only two, two and a half weeks from that. Nice. That's a good thing about yeah. sports and about the podcasting. Um, you know, there's always plenty of stuff to talk about. I have just one thing after the other, so... Stay tuned for yeah, these yeah. future topics that we'll be talking about on the T-Shirt Talk podcast. Yeah, it was good talking to you, man. It was a good, good, good one. I know it went a little long, but we uh, we crushed a lot of subjects. Yeah, I think we powered through quickly. A very, you know, efficient podcast that we just laid down. So yep. that will do it for us at the T-Shirt Talk podcast for this week. Uh, we'd like to thank Jay, as usual, for being here with us. We will look forward to having a great weekend of football, and we'll be back to talk more uh, next week. Hopefully we both move to 6-2 and two, fantasy. Yep, so you'll catch us on Spotify soon, and we'll be having all of our podcasts and our episodes upcoming uh, right there for you, the T-Shirt Talk Podcast. We'll see you all later. All right, see you guys next week.